We always say that the Jewish high holy days are either early or late, but never on time. Why is that? Let's talk about the Jewish calendar. I'm Rabbi Jordan Parr, and this is Torah for Christians. Welcome to Torah for Christians. I'm Rabbi Jordan Parr. The most complicated idea in Judaism is not the laws of Shabbat. It's not the vagaries of Kashrut. It's the Jewish calendar. Frankly, most Jews just do not understand how the Jewish calendar works. And as we get into it, you'll understand why. The first thing to know is that Jewish holidays do not begin on the day listed on a calendar you might have bought at your local office supply store. They begin on the night before. For example, if Rosh Hashanah is listed as being on a Monday, it really begins on Sunday night. Why is this? In the first chapter of Genesis, we read, it was evening, it was morning, one day. Since the Torah states evening came first, Jews start our day at sundown, not at midnight. Now, Pope Gregory XII introduced our common secular calendar which replaced the older Julian calendar in 1582. It established our 365-day, 12-month calendar of 28 to 31 days each, as well as adding an extra day at the end of February every four years to keep the months in their right places. This means that Christmas will always occur in the winter, July 4th will always be in the summer, and your birthday will always be when it is supposed to be. The earliest Hebrew calendar is found in the Torah. The Torah instructs us to observe the new moon, and then on the seventh month, on the first day of the month, is the day to sound the shofar. We know this day today to be Rosh Hashanah, which we celebrate in the fall. Passover, likewise, is also listed in the Torah as well, the full moon of the spring month of Aviv, now known as Nisan. During rabbinic times, witnesses would appear before the rabbinic court in Jerusalem to testify that they had seen the initial crescent of the new moon. After the rabbis verified that the new moon had been seen, they would light a bonfire on Mount Scopus, just north of Jerusalem, to signal the new moon. Within a matter of hours, Bonfires would be lit on mountaintops all the way to Babylon. By the dawn of the new day, the Babylonian Jews would know that the new moon had been declared. There is a lot more to the story, but we'll save it for next week when we discuss Rosh Chodesh, the Jewish new moon holiday. Times change, of course, and eventually the calendar was set mathematically. In the 4th century CE, Rabbi Hillel II created the modern Hebrew calendar in the land of Israel. Unlike our solar-based Gregorian calendar, this calendar is both lunar and solar. According to both the Talmud and NASA, the average length of the moon's rotation around the earth is roughly 29.5 days. So a Hebrew month is either 29 or 30 days. And yes, the rabbis of the Talmud were pretty close in estimating the rotation. NASA only confirmed it. 
The Hebrew year is also 12 months long. However, you might have noticed that the average Hebrew month is a few days less than our common calendar by about 11 days. The solar cycle is 365 days, but 12 lunar rotations around the Earth is only 354 days. So how do we keep the Jewish holidays in their right places? It is very important that, for example, Passover fall in the spring, since the Torah tells us that Pesach is to be celebrated in the month of Aviv, which means spring. We just cannot celebrate Passover in the fall. The method of synchronizing the calendar is called intercalation, when we add either a day in the Gregorian calendar or a month in the Hebrew calendar. Yes, we add an extra month to keep everything in its place. Before we talk about how we do that, let's look at an example of a calendar that is not intercalated, the Muslim calendar. The Muslim calendar is not at all solar like the Gregorian calendar, nor is it lunisolar like the Hebrew calendar. Instead, the months float throughout the year. The Muslim calendar is 100% lunar, as I said. To put this in perspective, the major festival of Islam, Ramadan, is a month-long season of fasting and purification, and that rotates throughout the seasons. It may fall in the spring one year, summer the next, when fasting would be particularly difficult. In the Hebrew calendar, we had an extra month, seven out of every 19 years. This keeps everything in line. Why these weird numbers? Simply put, it's based upon mathematical calculations, too complex to detail in this podcast, mainly because I don't understand the math. I just go with the flow. When during the year do we add this extra month? In the Bible, the month in which we celebrate Pesach, as I mentioned, is the month of Aviv, which was later called Nisan. The month prior to Nisan is the month of Adar. This is when we add the extra month, creating an Adar 1 and an Adar 2. Adar 2 is a 30-day month. The complication is that Purim falls on the 15th of Adar, exactly one month prior to Pesach. Knowing that Pesach is exactly one month from Purim alerts Jews to begin the extensive preparations needed for this major holiday. When we add our extra Adar, we push Purim back a month into Adar too, so that we keep that one-month interlude between the holidays. Now, if you are still doing the math in your head, you will realize that we are still three days short. What do we do about this? Well, we add those extra three days at the end of each 19-year cycle during the fall months of Cheshvan and Kislev, when Hanukkah falls. Even with that, the Hebrew calendar still falls behind a day every 216 years, so we make accommodations for that as well. Confusing enough? Wait until you hear how we determine what year it is. We'll do that after the break. I'm Rabbi Jordan Parr. And this is Torah for Christians. Welcome back to Torah for Christians. I'm Rabbi Jordan Parr. 
before we return to our discussion of the Jewish calendar, I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. Please remember to review and rate this episode on Apple, Spotify, Facebook, or whatever service you are using. Also, please go back and listen to previous episodes if you have not done so already. And if you would like to read my weekly Torah study, please go to Bible Stories They Never Taught You in Religious School, available for free on substack.com. We have talked about the days and the months in the Hebrew calendar. Now, what about the year? Let's start with an example. On the Monday night of Labor Day weekend, 2021, we began the holy day of Rosh Hashanah when we declared the new Jewish year of 5782. Obviously, there is a difference in how we count the years. Let's start with the easy one. In the Gregorian common calendar, year one is the year of Jesus's birth. It's known as 1 AD. AD stands for Anna Domino, the year of our Lord, Lord being, of course, Jesus. Anything that happened before Jesus's birth happened BC, before Christ. So when, for example, the Assyrians conquered the northern kingdom of Israel in 722 BC, this means that this conquest happened 722 years before the birth of Jesus. Jews, however, have trouble with this concept of B.C. and A.D. for obvious reasons. Instead, we use the terms C.E. and B.C.E. C.E. means common era. The year 2022 A.D. is in Jewish terms called 2022 C.E. 722 B.C. would be 722 B.C.E. before the common era or we can also say before the Christian era. But what about 5782? Why this random number? According to the calendar of Hillel II, created in the mid-4th century CE, year one is the year that God created the world. By his calculation, the world was created 5,782 years ago. Now, how do we arrive at that number? Hillel II started by tracking the ages of the antediluvian humans, those mentioned in Genesis who lived from the time of Adam and Eve until Noah. Interestingly, the year of the flood is not included in this calculation. Then he continued counting from Noah until the descent into Egypt. Then by adding the 430 years of slavery, the 40 years of wandering in the wilderness and doing some creative calculation and extrapolation concerning Joshua, judges, and kings, we arrive at our year 5782. To make matters even more confusing, when Hillel II introduced his calendar, it competed with other Jewish calendars. For example, Jews in the land of Israel, where Hillel II lived, followed a different calendar than the Jews of Egypt. Naturally, this caused great confusion. It was not until 992 to 994 CE that virtually all Jews worldwide began to follow this calendar. This was due to an edict of Rabbi Chai Gaon, whose authority extended over all the Jews under Muslim rule 
from Spain to Persia. Today, the Jewish calendar is one of the most important unifying features of both our faith and our peoplehood. In summary, the Hebrew calendar has evolved and changed over the centuries. It varies significantly from the common Gregorian calendar in that it is a solar lunar calendar. And to go back to our original question, Jewish holidays are never early or late if we live according to Jewish time. For when we live according to the Hebrew calendar, Christmas and the 4th of July are floating holidays. I want to thank you for listening to Torah for Christians. Please remember to rate and review this and previous episodes on Apple, Spotify, or other streaming services. You can also like and hear us on Facebook. Next week, we will discuss our monthly celebration of the new moon called Rosh Chodesh. This will complete this little three-part series on the Jewish calendar. I hope that you can join us. Finally, I have begun to publish a weekly Torah study called Bible Stories They Never Taught You in Religious School. It's available for free on www.substack.com. You can also sign up on Substack for the newsletter to appear every Friday in your inbox. Have a wonderful week and remember, Behold how good and how pleasant it is for us to dwell together in unity. Till we meet again. I'm Rabbi Jordan Parr, and this is Torah for Christians. Mm-hmm.